2: I used to love to do Fontaine's death. That was one of my favourite numbers. Okay. And I did all the, the coughing and the dying. But my favourite <laughs> <laughs> in the in the chair, slaps in the chair like that. Um but my favourite character was actually Eponine. And that's 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 partly because um for me growing up I'm I'm half Chinese and um there wasn't actually really much of a representation um for me to look up to. So um Leia Salonga was a huge, a huge mm. big part of that for me.
0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or simply click the link in the description of this episode. Special thanks to our producing team, the Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. All right. Another exciting episode for you today, as always, as always super exciting. And we're making more friends from across the pond. Also love that. Um, Coming to you from London, the West End. Uh, She's currently in Be More Chill, the musical playing Christine Canigula. I think I'm saying the last name correctly. She can correct me if I'm wrong though, but please welcome to the podcast, Miracle Chance. Hi Miracle.
2: Hello, hello, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Happy Wednesday to you. Um, you! As mentioned, you're over there in London. I'm currently in Miami today, um, so it's nice to connect uh, from across the water with you.
2: Wow, Miami! I've never been. My- I've been never been to Florida, but it's, I'm sure it's nicer weather than here. It's currently gray.
0: Well, that's you know you're living up to what you're known for. That's what London's <laughs> supposed to be all about, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. It's August and it's raining, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: um All right. Well let's jump into uh the show going on currently right now as far as be more chill. We are still in these uh special times, the the COVID times, and we were talking about it a bit before we hit record. Um super excited that you're back up in some capacity. You're taking a, a short little pause you had said, but Um, let's run it back to when things opened back up again and you got to come back for that first time. You know, how was that getting back to the theater and uh, getting back to doing what you love to do?
2: Um, it was absolutely amazing. I'm sure anyone in our industry would be exactly, like feel exactly the same. To find out that something that you were so excited to finish a run in before the pandemic was going to come back and we're going to go to the West End was like, it was honestly, it was Christmas times a million. <laughs> um, we we had a very short turnaround, which in some ways was positive um, because of COVID. It meant that we could just get that show up and going and get into the run of things quicker, so that the audiences could enjoy the show. Um, so when we opened, I think we had, I think we had four days rehearsal, three days tech, and then we just opened the show, and it was. Yeah, it was incredible to have that live audience there again. Everyone wanted to be there. And obviously everyone who really wanted to come and support the theatre come out, even though we were still slightly, there were still rules going on. There's still socially distanced rules, but everyone made it out. They had their masks on and we had a really, really good time. So it was pretty awesome.
0: Fabulous. Yeah. So, um, a good bit of my bill for the stage clients that are in, whether it's Hamilton or Moulin Rouge or other shows that are starting to rehearse again, uh, give them some, some positive vibes, some, some set their, their, uh, anxieties to ease a bit. When you came back, did it kind of just uh, you were back at home? At per se is like, oh yeah, I remember how to do this. Like it, it's not as bad as I was anticipating, um, <laughs> or or did you feel like you were starting from scratch? Maybe that is the case. Uh, share with us that experience of like, oh, I'm right back in the saddle and I feel good.
2: Sure, sure. So it's it's hilarious because obviously. I, I hadn't actually done that much exercise and I, I should not admit that, but I really hadn't over the time <laughs> that we had it off. And I know other people were like working out and I was like, how am I going to die when I do the opening number? Like, is this going to be me? Um, but it was really weird because the show is just like, it's in your body and when you come back to it you kind of learn to navigate it again and I was so anxious about not being able to be physically fit enough to do the show um but I think weirdly our bodies just remember how how they have to pace themselves almost um and obviously like vocally it's been a weird year because we have loads of rest and that's been great for the voice but I mean it's a muscle isn't it the voice is a muscle so I think we are, I was lucky coming back to a show that my voice was then sitting in and for anyone else returning to shows that they've been in I think that is going to be a great thing because it's almost like my voice like was just chilling in the in the song rather than mm. before when I had opened and I was like oh I'm still navigating this finding my groove with this vocally and stuff like that. So I actually think you'll be fine. And you'll be surprised because trust me, I've done no exercise. And if I'm okay, then then yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, you you ease back into it. Yeah, like any other athlete, there's uh, off seasons sometimes, um, where you're not in season and that body or the muscle you're talking about your voice in this case gets to take that bit of a rest. And uh, when you return, yeah, you might be at 70, 80%. Um, but it's not going to take you too long to get back to 100 because you have that foundation that's already built in. So um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that things went well. Um, let's worrying. get into... I know, I know. It
2: was very worrying. Trust me, I had to worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's, let's get into the cult following of Be More Chill. So here in the States... Um, You know, the show, uh, open on Broadway, it has closed since, uh, it is a business and there are, there are reasons, obviously mostly economically why a show closes, but, um, Mm -hmm. this is a show that just caught fire in the States, uh, in particular with the younger audience, um, maybe that's why the show closed here is just because there wasn't enough old people from uh, the Broadway community going to see it. <laughs> Tell us about how it is in uh, the West End. Are fans also just going bananas, going crazy over the show? What's it like to be a part of the cast?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, I previously did the Rocky Horror Show before Be More Chill, so for me, I was very it wasn't as shocking but to see that kind of a fan base and see where the world is so kind to each other as well the fans are really kind it's an amazing kind of um, environment to kind of be part of people come in cosplay they come dressed as your character they you know they know when to clap and and they really enjoy it I think It's funny because I thought it was going to be a much younger audience, um, more like teenage audience, I guess, in the UK. But actually what I'm realising is what's so clever about um, Joe and Joe's writing is that actually it's more nostalgic to uh, a time when, you know, you have this kind of more weasery sound and you have like 80s sounds and um they the language is a bit more I think for people in their mid-20s maybe more reminiscent of that so I think the audience is quite mixed here I was expecting it to be a lot younger but actually it kind of goes into this young adult audience and we have people who who come from all over the world to come see the show because it is that special um the show is about acceptance and about dealing with social anxiety and other anxieties that we face and I think that people really connect to the, the characters because each one has a very specific journey and you will find that people really stand those characters you know they're a rich fan or they're a Michael fan and that's because it relates to something that they're going through in their life so um it's been amazing because not only have we had f- fans from the uk and i feel like the fan base is growing here but we've had a lot of international people come as well so that's been cool
0: yeah that that's interesting you you toured with rocky horror correct you were touring yes so that that's cool that you um were just a part of a well-established cult following musical and now you're Mm -hmm. a part of like a new up-and-coming cult following musical I'll, yeah. I'll say so um, it, feels,
2: it feels very much like a, a younger Rocky Horror like it yeah, really yeah. does the way do you ha- the d- world d- and d-
0: stuff do you have any stories from when you were on tour with Rocky Horror about uh, whatever? whether it was like the best uh, costume you ever saw of someone showing up or the most fanatical person at the stage door do you have any uh, tidbits of funny times from that
2: oh my goodness I have so <laughs> I have so many, <laughs> I have so many. um, The fans of that show again might like be more chilling, It really is a community, and um, you know you're part of it. You know everyone. You might go meet them at the show as well. It's, it's a place for people to meet each other as well and and enjoy. You know kind of enjoy this thing that you all love together um, so we have a lot of regular fans who come to the show and um, one fan i'm thinking of comes uh, has been coming to the rocky horror show for 40 years and she wears these all these different badges on her her outfit um we have an, a lot of people who come in drag um, one um, person i can think of he basically comes as a showgirl different colored show showgirl he's got probably about 15 different outfits with the big feathers you know um, and you also know the fan by the character that they dress as because like you'll see them in the front row. You'll be like, oh, so-and-so is in tonight. <laughs> they come always as magenta from the first opening number. Um, but the fans of that show, they love a good shout out and they really like to catch you out as well. So they're like, like plan something that you're not expecting. And unfortunately, I have to say I'm a terrible corpser and I will always corpse. <laughs> stage. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a lot of things shouted at me. Um, and re- I think the one that sticks out the most is, do you know the minions? Mm.
0: Oh, you know the minions.
2: Oh, do the you know minions. Mean, yeah. Yeah. The little yellow go, guys. Like, banana, banana. They do right, that. Right. And um, right. we had this fan do this, this shout out. I can't remember. What, oh, ja- Janet says, um, I'm hiding. From, and he goes, I'm hiding from my master and his minions. And then they got up, and were bang like, "Banana, banana!" Did a whole <laughs> show, ran across the front of the stage, hitting each other with bananas, and sit down, <laughs> sat down again.
0: Wow, that would have been yeah. tough to hold it together then, for that for sure.
2: I did, I didn't hold it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's. A- <laughs> All right. Amazing. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Let's rewind uh, to something you were talking about with people relating to the Be More Chill characters with their anxieties or how they relate on uh, facing those fears or anxieties. Uh, This is a podcast about wellness. You know, we like to talk about whether it's physical health or mental health. Um, do you have, whether it's the character that you play or another character in the show that you, you relate to, um, in facing anxieties and, and maybe just how you personally connect with that. Um, I think that this has always been a issue for people, but it's something in our society that thankfully we're being a bit more open and vocal about. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. How have you connected with the show or, and how has it helped you or, or allowed you to grow?
2: Um, it's been really amazing coming back to the show after this time off because I think all of us faced a lot of anxiety and people who maybe didn't even suffer with anxiety before are now feeling that a lot more and um to come back to a show where it is literally based off the voices in our head and what how we almost ourselves you know our inner saboteurs telling us. Things every day like you're not good enough I mean me as an actor I'm I'm my own worst enemy I'm like that wasn't good enough just came off that was terrible you know oh I'm never going to get that job because you know I can't do this and that um and I think that's very common in artists because you have this sense of um perfection you're a perfectionist right and that's how we grow in our in our industry and in our artistry um so coming back into this show was really meaningful actually because um although we had to deal with that beforehand i think everyone came in a year year and a half older having so much more anxiety and and knowing that the characters actually were based in that anxiety um has added another layer to the show um for my character i play christine and um her whole thing is that her escapism is going to play rehearsal and being able to play these different characters. And, it, it you know, it, it should be easy, but that's exactly why I I do what I do. And having missed that, you know, the form of therapy of playing someone else, getting to switch off from your own life and playing someone else um, has been incredible. Um, and I think she reflects a lot of actors in that way. Um, and then we have a character like, like Michael who... Who is really free and 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 really able to be himself, but you know, then kind of feels a little bit of anxiety, like you know, do I try enough? Do I try enough to fit in? Am am I enough? And I think a lot of us have found freedoms in the characters that that have that kind of push and pull within their character, um, especially with me, like. She's she's really happy to be who she is, and that's something that actually I struggle with myself. So, it's being therapeutic having to tackle that within the character um, and kind of give in to that as an actor, rather than you know. So it's funny. I don't know, and it's funny because you have fans messaging you saying, "I love how Christine is so, you know, happy to be who she is, and 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 it's easy for her to just let go and just." Be this person, and there is definitely a side of me who feels that. But then there's a definite side of me who, who also has this pressure in this inner saboteur. So, yeah, it's 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 an amazing show to be able to explore that as well within 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 within. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what's what's the word for that? The uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. What is in, what's it called? Inception. Is Inception.
2: That what it's
0: called? Yeah, yeah. The the story within a story within a story. I
2: can't remember. A, there was a name for it, but I, um, my brain is failing me.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right. Let's um, <clears throat> let's start to turn the corner on the episode and get to know you mm. just a little bit more personally and your mm. background. Um, where are you originally from? And when did you start to decide like theater could be your your jam, your your full time gig? When did that start to happen for you? <laughs>
2: Um, so I'm originally from Devon, which is in the southwest of England. Um, so it's right near the sea. I'm a country girl at heart, so living in London is um, <laughs> it's a lot for me. <laughs> I'm like where are, where's the mountains? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think I pretty much knew that I always wanted to do something that was performance based from probably about the age of four.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Um, yeah, I, I. Who, who,
0: who influenced you at four? Were you watching like movie musicals, or what was going on at four years old?
2: I mean, the Spice Girls, of course.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> Big part. Um, but my my dad is he's a he's a singer and a songwriter, so he always played oh. guitar and sang to us. I used to actually I thought he wrote "Here Comes the Song" song. Here Comes the Sun. So I was very disappointed when I learned it was a, a Beatles song later on in life. <laughs> um, but he's yeah he's very much an artist, and my mum's an artist as well. So I mm. think for me I came from a very creative household and not very academic at all. I um I'm quite dyslexic and uh I find it really hard to read and write especially when I was younger so for me going to do things that are more creative and performance-based was something I could actually excel in and express myself in whereas writing and reading I really struggled with so um that's kind of where it came from and literally we had like a little raised area in my house at home just a little raised area and I always was like this is the stage and I would have to sit uh, like I would sit down, all my brothers and sisters and my parents and just be like, right, I'm doing one woman lame is today at nine years old. Um, so
0: <laughs> Oh I, love, I would love to see that performance.
2: It's interesting. <laughs> who,
0: who was your who was your favorite character to play in Lame Is?
2: Um I think it would well, I think Partly Jean Valjean, obviously, because, you know, telling that story. I loved sure. it when he would you know, like talk about the loaf of bread and stuff. Um,
0: uh-huh.
2: I used to love to do Fontaine's death. That was one of my favorite numbers.
0: Okay. I did
2: all the, the coughing and the dying. But my favorite... <laughs> <laughs> In the a chair, slaps in the chair like that. Um, but my favourite character was actually Eponine. And that's 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 partly because um, for me growing up I'm I'm half Chinese and um, there wasn't actually really much of a representation um, for me to look up to. So um Leia Salonga was huge, a huge mm big part of that for me. And like, you know, I was like, I love her so much I'll her when I'm older. Um, yeah. So that's sort of why I loved neighbors so much was because of the longer.
0: Yeah. She, she is it. She is it my friend. Um, you were talking about the, the struggles of the reading and writing. does that transfer over though, those struggles when you're writing your own music? Because I saw that during our prolonged break, that you are getting more into writing your own music and recording it now. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us about that process and uh, mm-hmm. how that's kind of developed in your career. Uh, listen to some of this stuff on uh, your Instagram. Uh, it's fire for sure. So kudos yeah. to you. Um, everyone <laughs> you. that's listening, as always, you can check out Miracle's uh, Instagram handle in the description of this uh, podcast. So just click on that and make sure to give her a follow. But yeah, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um yeah of course um so I have always been a, a songwriter alongside my acting um it's always been a passion of mine and I always wondered would I be an actor or would I go into music because I was just as passionate about both of the things um I think for me music has always been a way to um be able to express myself when I haven't been in a show when I've been down in my career you know we've all been really unemployed and not having a distraction I actually think that can sometimes be the worst thing for someone if it's writing in your journal or you know deciding to enter a monologue competition or writing music or whatever it is if you don't have a second outlet it's very very difficult to stay sane when you're not employed. Um, so that's how my music has developed. Because in those times when I've been unemployed, I've gone right. No, <laughs> you're not going to just you know do your, your muggle job. You're gonna you're gonna do writing as well. Um, and so, kind of started in 2015, I released my first folk EP. Um, which feels like a long time ago. Um, And then ever since then, it's kind of developed. I I wrote a musical over lockdown um, called Sitting Pretty, and I work with a band called Arrow, which is electro pop. Um, But it's just another way for me to express myself and let my creativity be heard. Um, Also, I don't know if other actors find this, but... I love musicals and I feel like it is going away where you can sing how you want and definitely and be more chill, I feel like I can sing how I how I'd like to. Um but for a very long time it was like we just want this legit sound or we just want this pop sound. And I have a folk background, so for me, I don't actually get to make the sound that would naturally come out of myself. Um it's yeah, it's very important to me, especially for my expression. And I think I would rate I, I rate it just as highly import- important as my acting career for sure. Mm. Yeah.
0: How, how do you get yourself to put the the pen to the paper or to organize these things with uh, the band that you mentioned that you collaborated with, um, like mm-hmm. in fitness or like in your career? Um, we also we always have these like moments of. I know I would enjoy this, or I know I should do this, or I know I could do this, but I just can't quite get myself (laughs) to just do it. So how do you get yourself uh, to just plainly stated, do what you want to do? Um, And perhaps Mm -hmm. maybe you share with us, like maybe there are days that you don't and how you address those Mm
2: -hmm. days as well. 100%, like I can relate to all of that 100%. Getting started is, the hardest part for sure. But I find the best thing to do is reward yourself in the morning or late at night. So have a coffee or a tea ready to go that you're really, really delicious that you know you're going to enjoy. And then if you're a kind of if you're a laptop person, you like typing, then get get a Google doc doc up or a, a, you know whatever a word doc up. If you are way better with just writing in a journal, just get it, just get it there, and just tell yourself from this time to this time, no matter what comes out, I'm just gonna do it, even if it's terrible. <laughs> at least you get your creative juices flowing because nine times out of ten, the first two hours of writing you're like what was I even thinking this is terrible but then you get into like a third hour and you're like I'm a genius because you have to kind of wet the paintbrush a bit before you start going so I would recommend just like really just committing to a time basically Mm -hmm. um and i've i've been dry creatively so many times in my career um and i think what's been really hard over this year is not having any art exhibitions to go to any concerts any theater to kind of you know give you some inspiration or just make you feel something and i think a lot of artists over this time have felt pretty dry because of that um Mm -hmm. What was really hard writing this musical um, was finding any form of inspiration to kind of take, take it from. So I had to learn to um, almost be able to create something from nowhere, from, from feeling very, very uninspired. <laughs> um and how i did that was by reading books actually like an easy way to even get started is to to read a simple book or to have a coffee even like a coffee table book like i've got a japan book on my coffee table i've got a a tarot card illustration book and i just open a page and just set yourself a goal like okay what's this what's this photo it's a photo of a, a blossom tree okay I'm going to write something that sounds like this photo, or I'm going to create a story about two people meeting under the blossom tree. Like literally it can be as dumb as that. But if you just set yourself an exercise, hopefully you'll get somewhere maybe Mm -hmm. instantly or in hour three.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had never like put it this way, but in a lot of ways life is just a pinball machine in the sense of, You're heading a direction uh, towards one of the walls or one of the the targets within the machine, and you don't Mm -hmm. know really where it's going to take you. But even if it doesn't take you anywhere in that particular moment or place, it probably Mm -hmm. will lead you to the next one that does have some type of uh, substantial impact. So whether that's the books you're reading or the people you're talking to, you just never know. So I love that about the coffee table books and just how those can transport you uh, somewhere that can lead to creativeness, uh, with your writing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've literally read, like, I read this one book and I had inspiration for about three songs from one book. And I think I didn't even finish the book. I still haven't finished the book. I think I'm on like halfway through, (laughs) but from like the the first three chapters, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And I think it's something solid because in these times you don't, you know, You might not be able to go to theatre yet or whatever. It's something solid that you know is like there and you can always look at it. Um, But what's been cool with the band is I've learned that collaboration also is a really good one to keep your creativity going. Because if you are speaking to people and you get an essence of what they're about, there is an interesting space where you want to translate their essence or or what they're, you know, they might even have a story about that they read. The amount of times that the band, um you know, my bandmate Kat was like, yeah, I just read this article in the newspaper. And I like, tell me more, tell me more, like literally like what, and and the, our most recent song, Rebel Ideas, was literally based off the fact that Kat was like, yeah, I just read this book, Rebel Ideas. And then like in my head, I just like heard the hook whilst we were having coffee and I was like, I'm going to need you to just stop for a moment so I can just work out what this hook is. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
2: so yeah, people are, people are awesome for that too. And, and they definitely, they definitely flavor what you're doing if you collaborate with them. Sure. Sure.
0: All right. Well, that's going to be it for today. Uh, fabulous conversation. Thanks so much for sharing all of this and it was really good to get to start to know you a bit. Um, everyone that's listening again, check out the description of the episode. Um, we'll, we'll drop links to whether it's uh, getting a little bit more of Miracle in uh, Be More Chill, or uh, maybe we can get uh, some of her songs and put uh, links to that uh, in this as well. So we'll chat with her a little bit after to see if we can get that going. Miracle, thanks so much for being on Bill for the Stage podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. And hello to everyone in the States and sending love and hope. And just, yeah, I hope everyone's well.
0: Yeah, we'll take it all. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. That was Miracle Chance on Bill for the Stage podcast. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. And check us out at Bill for the Stage. We'll be waiting for you. This is Joe Roscoe signing off. 18 plus.